Fields Talk 1041 and a good Monday morning, everyone. Snow, snow. May get some snow Thursday, Wednesday night into Thursday. It looks like we are going to, at least as of now, get some of that snow. We'll get you updated here in just a couple of moments on that first alert forecast. I am jumping ahead a bit, but we will be at Scramblers uh, this upcoming Friday. I know a lot of people were asking whether we would be or or perhaps assuming we would not be because we had Heroes Breakfast uh, this past Friday, but we will have our standard Friday road show sponsored by Affordable Towing out at Scramblers this Friday. And then the the following week, uh, there will be a number of uh, folks that are uh, filling in for me. Uh, We have our traditional, just to give you the old heads up here, uh, um, Mannheim Steamroller Christmas. That will be kicking off at noon on Christmas Eve. So that will be Saturday from noon, and then it is 36 hours. If you've not listened to the the programming, and I don't know how many years we've been doing this, uh, over 12, that I know. Uh, it's not just Mannheim Steamroller Music, but Chip Davis hosts, and, and there's just lots of um, you know interesting historical facts and so forth about Christmas. It all weaves in very nicely. It's, it's great to listen to. It, it, he just has this uh, sound to him. It's, I don't know. It's perfect for that time of the year. It's, uh, it's you know relaxing, warm, very, very Christmassy, in my opinion. And so that will be coming up uh, this Saturday. I can't believe already. I can't believe this, I mean, this upcoming weekend, right? I know. It's Christmas. I said that to, to the husband last night, actually. I said, can you believe next weekend is Christmas? And he goes, no. I said, it yeah. <laughs> it was Friday when I remembered I had purchased a... Uh, advent calendar with candies in it for the girl child. I was like, oh, by the way, you got some catching up to do here. <laughs> You've got, and so yesterday, I believe it was, I saw someone had posted seven days, and I thought, oh my gosh, seven days until Christmas. I'm not underprepared. Um, I'm I'm on track in terms of things that I have to do, but for whatever reason, it just didn't feel like it was yeah, that I know. close. I feel that way too. I'm um, like, how is that even possible? Well. I guess it is possible. I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure is. Sure Ooh, is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the snow, if it does, it sounds like it's going to come. I heard Rick down the hall saying something about a few inches. Have you heard yeah, any Yeah, I heard that, accumulation too. I think amounts? they said, like, one to three inches okay. possible. Right. Ugh. Well, you know, that could mean nothing, or it could mean eight feet. Oh, yeah, and we know how that works. I don't course. like it. Uh, why not? If it's going to be that cold, I might as I well just, have I snow. Hate snow. Oh, I what's hate wrong it. with you? I know. Kind of a Grinch. No, I just don't like it. I don't like driving in it. Uh, it's really mm. scary, mm. <laughs> you know, especially now that I live like 30 minutes sure, away from the station. Sure, yeah, sure, it yes. just, that's not on the top of my list to drive in snow at 4 a.m. Oh, well. I know. I suppose if you're going to nitpick about mm-hmm. driving conditions. <laughs> Uh, American Transmissions, Hawk Text Line 447-KSGF. The January 6th committee is, uh, they're going to release their, I can't believe this is still going on, um, after all of their falsified documents that they released, after uh, the editing of emails and false accusations, in which they got caught fully. 
uh, and uh, every time, it, oh, it was just a mistake, oopsie daisies. But it, it was with purpose, and and the purpose would be fulfilled. There would be an instance uh, in which they would edit uh, again text messages or emails, put it out there to make it seem as if. Something was going on that wasn't. Jim Jordan happened to be one of those uh, individuals that would be falsely accused of of conspiring to try to overthrow the government. And then the media would carry it loud and proud when it would be revealed that that, one of many examples, uh, was dishonest. It was an attempt to mislead the American people. There would be a quick little oopsie-daisies that would not hardly get any attention at all. And so everyone knows their place in this and trying to mislead the American people as to what's going on. And so laughably, you have Adam Schiff, one of the individuals that consistently spent the duration of Uh, or much of the January 6th hearings, these committee hearings, talking about how there was a smoking gun, just wait, there's proof that that Trump was conspiring with Russians. And, uh, of course, then, um, you know, you got that same sort of rhetoric with January. So all of this proof, but then when it really comes down to it, uh, well, actually, there isn't any proof. Because all of this is Soviet-style show trial. And there will be a Soviet-style propaganda piece put out for the, the purposes of of um, criminal referrals, uh, areas that it is clear the president attempted a coup. This is a guy who was the target of an attempted coup. All of the folks who are finger-pointing at Donald Trump as somebody who attempted to utilize that speech so that there would be a coup to overthrow the government, that those were the people who have, from the beginning, been part of a coup. One of the things that has always been absent in all of the accusations of Trump's attempted coup, in which we hear that speech, oh, that speech he gave. You notice they never roll tape of that speech that he gave while making the accusations? Isn't that interesting? Generally speaking, if somebody commits an act, and that act is the justification or uh, from the accusers of of uh, you know pushing forward in the investigation of a crime, the video is shown over and over and over again, isn't it? Well, that's the proof. This is the thing, all of the discussion that they keep having about whether or not Donald Trump's speech was a speech in which he was ordering followers to storm the Capitol. They never roll tape of it. Such a remarkable thing. Now, of course, you and I know why, and it's because the only reference he made uh, to, to marching to the Capitol was is reference to peacefully doing so. Meanwhile, Joe Biden has really gone the extra mile in making up a story about awarding a Purple Heart to his uncle. And this is one of those instances where 
it isn't just a lie, but I mean, he really gets into the lying on this one. I, I mean, he goes into a lot of detail, and it does, once again, force one to reflect, is, is, does he know he's lying? Or is this dementia? Does, is he reflecting back on a movie he saw and and he's getting that mixed up with something that he did or he thought that he did uh you know th- this is where we are with this guy you don't know and m- you know what maybe that's his mo maybe he's leaning into this stuff he's like you know what i can tell the most outrageous absurd lies i want to and the fact that i'm you know not all there uh, i could just blame it on that Here's Jason Ryman with news. The best chance for snow this week will be Wednesday night into Thursday. The National Weather Service says bitterly cold temperatures will prevail this week with wind chills falling to 20 or 30 below zero at times. A bill requiring stricter safety rules in response to the 2018 deadly sinking of a tourist boat in Missouri is headed to President Biden's desk for his signature. That measure directs the U.S. Coast Guard to draft new requirements for amphibious vehicles known as duck boats including design changes to ensure they stay upright. The Missouri tourist boat sank during a storm on Table Rock Lake near Branson, killing 17 people. The longtime head of the second largest rail union announced Friday he will clear the way for the upstart candidate who beat him by retiring instead of fighting to keep his office for a second election. Dennis Pierce plans to step down at the end of the year after leading the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen since 2010. I'm Jason Rima. You're listening to Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks. Home improvements, cloudy, high of 40 today, 31 overnight. Tonight, tomorrow, partly sunny, 39. And then Wednesday, as Rima uh, referenced there, there's a 40% chance of snow into the overnight hours. A high Wednesday of 38, 33 on Thursday with snow. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. want to thank all of you again for helping make Santa's Angels a tremendous success. Between the gifts that, that you all donated... And uh, some of the cash donations, we were definitely able to make sure all the kids were taken care of. I would say, I don't know why I felt like this was just the best one in terms of getting stuff in. And I, I don't know, it just seemed to go yeah, with a tremendous amount of ease. it was so successful this year. I mean, I didn't get panicked or anything like that. Right. Everybody got the gifts in really quick. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, cannot thank you enough. The generosity, again, not just of the money, but the time that that it takes. And those that just absolutely had no time to do it, the financial donations so that we we actually, uh, Friday, uh, a couple of the kids that did not get back in, I think they were a they just were taken two. off a tree, but yeah. they didn't. Make it. And so we went with those the kids list, and uh, I was joking about how fulfilling it was to be able to do that. 
uh, especially with somebody else's money somehow. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like I shouldn't feel fulfilled doing this because uh, it was you know donations that came from you all that that helped make that possible. And uh, it also, I think part of the reason that I felt that it went so smoothly in the past, they have made several trips because there's so many gifts. Mm -hmm. And they did it all in one trip and to come get all of the items and haul them away. And I wasn't even here, so I didn't. Uh, uh, you know, I wasn't part of the carry everything and load it up. And so uh, I think that contributed to me feeling like it went much easier this year. Yeah, you somehow managed to find I, your uh, way out of that. I, well, I think you guys had it taken care of before I got back from Scramblers yes. mm-hmm. is what happened. Yep, me and Huey, mm-hmm. who is our promotions person. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was four or five people from Great yeah. Circle. And we got it done within like maybe 10 minutes. So, yeah, it went really, really smooth. Got back and it was done. And mm-hmm. it was just, yep, they were already gone. Insane. They were prepared. They had like four trucks, which we filled all of them too. That's great. It was great. Yeah, thank you all again for that. It's just I can't cannot thank you enough. Biden is once again caught making up stories that are are just not even anywhere close to the truth, and it has gotten to the point, probably well past the point. That his people don't even address these things, uh, or at least they don't as often as they The media just sort of ignores it. And he is the, the, the nutty uncle who is in and out of it, and the behavior is now just ignored by the family. He wanders into the closet and pees in there. To, you know, whatever these things that are, are clearly signs of a person uh, at the family, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, but you're just like, oh, well, that's that's Uncle Joe. Uh, we all know that he's got a couple bolts <laughs> rattling around up there that are loose. And I think that that is where, sadly, we are today. Uh, here's a, a piece regarding a claim, a false claim, that he most recently made in a development sure to surprise absolutely no one. Joe Biden is currently spending another week in vacationing in Delaware. Upon his arrival Friday, he didn't manage to squeeze in an appearance at an event for veterans in Newcastle. While there, he gave a riveting tale about awarding his own uncle a Purple Heart. Now, I'll give you a hint. None of this actually happened. According to Biden, he had an uncle, Frank, that fought and was injured in the Battle of the Bulge, but never received a Purple Heart. As his story goes, the president, being the amazing person that he is, righted that wrong while vice president, while getting a Purple Heart for his Uncle Frank. The problem, absolutely everything about his story is not true. First off, his Uncle Frank died in 1999 meaning it would have been impossible for Biden to award him a Purple Heart after becoming vice president. Because you remember, 99, I mean, that's Clinton-Gore years. This is before Bush, before Obama, before Biden. It's 1999, and he's claiming, yes, as vice president, I righted this wrong, and I awarded him a Purple Heart. Now, I know what many of you are thinking. Because you're smart and you play devil's advocate. Oh. Uh, Maybe posthumously, right? 
he, he was vice president, and uh, the anniversary of his uncle's death rolled around, and he's like, you know what would be great to do? Posthumously award the Purple Heart to my uncle. Well, had the president not then asserted that Uncle Frank was still alive at the time that he awarded it, he might have been able to use that, or his handlers may have been able to use the posthumously excuse, but he goes into great detail about the event. Already deep in the lie, Biden then describes a scene that never happened where his Uncle Frank came over to the house with family. Mind you, he's been dead for years. Uncle Frank came over to the house with family in attendance for a ceremony to present the Purple Heart. The president claimed that his uncle Frank didn't want that Purple Heart, delivering a tear-jerking line about how others in the battle had died. Oh, he's really getting into it now. None of this was a joke. Biden was absolutely dead serious in his telling of the fake story. Apparently, this is a story that Biden has made up before, though the inclusion of his uncle Frank is new. This is the kind of thing that would have been fact-checked to the hilt if Trump had said it. Reporters would have grilled Kayleigh McEnany on why the president lied about something so sacred. Op-eds would have flown uh, like milk and honey to crying. The culture of appropriation and dishonesty emanating from the White House. In terms of how many fact checks or even mainstream reports have been filed on Biden's lie about his Uncle Frank, the answer is zero, not a single one. There are a number of, now there's uh, some of the outfits that you might imagine would touch on this, Fox News, the New York Post. And of course, conservatives on Twitter. Now that you are allowed to talk about these things on Twitter... So here you have Biden claiming that while he was vice president of the United States, he held a ceremony at his home in which his uncle, who had been dead for nine years, came in order to get a Purple Heart and even spoke, even spoke about how he felt he didn't deserve it because so many others had died around him. He's also roasted for busting out an old school anti-Irish slur. Critics on Twitter blasting him for a couple of awkward ethnic-related comments made during recent U.S. veteran town hall addresses in Delaware. Of course, this is no surprise. Now, it, this, these are uh, slurs are okay because generally, when you think about uh, the Irish, yeah, white people. So, yeah, we're all fair game. His uh, ethnic slurs coming up. Also, a bizarre though it's him. False claim once again that he made uh, back. The Washington Examiner actually had a piece on this a few days ago. I didn't have a chance to get to it. But the the signing of the um, Respect for Marriage Act, and he made some crazy wild claims during that signing as well that no one fact-checks, no one bothers in the media to say, actually, that's not true, except for the very few outlets, the outlets that traditionally get banned from social media. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. What child is this who lay to Springfield's Talk 1041. On Mary's land. 
Friday, we do have a Friday Road Show sponsored by Affordable Towing. We'll broadcast live. It'll be the last uh, uh, broadcast out on location for the year. So we'd love to uh, to see you. And then, of course, we the next day at noon, we'll kick off our Mannheim Steamroller Christmas, 36 hours of that. So if you are just wanting to have some nice background noise or learn about the history of Christmas and traditions from Chip Davis, you can tune in starting noon Christmas Eve all through Christmas Day. A traffic update, weather also, we got snow on the way. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits at work. Cloudy high of 40 today, 31 tonight. Partly sunny, 39 tomorrow. 40% chance of snow uh, making its way in Wednesday, Wednesday night. And Thursday, snow with a high of 33. President Biden's critics Twitter blasting him for a couple of awkward ethnic-related comments made during a recent U.S. Veterans Town Hall address in Delaware. Uh, I think this this is a separate event from the one where he made up the story about awarding his uncle the Purple Heart. Uh, During the Friday speech, Biden claimed that despite him being Irish, quote, he's not stupid. Insisted he's got a little Italian in him because his wife's family is Italian. Though many internet users panned the comments as being in poor taste, he joked, quote, I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. Okay. To which you said, Sarah, the problem with that statement is that he actually is kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, so not only did he take a swipe at the Irish, but he also is like, well. He probably had it backwards. He probably uh, isn't Irish. Yeah. Like, see, you know how he like messes things up. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's probably. So he, he's like, I may be stupid, but I, but that's maybe what he meant to say. Maybe that, I think so. Yeah, I may be stupid, but I'm not Irish. Uh, he said, I married Dominic Giacoppa's daughter, so you know I got a little Italian in me now. Daily Signal reporter Mary Margaret Ulahan quipped that Biden's dig at the Irish folks was a hate crime. <laughs> I'm being facetious because we're all told right. That hate speech isn't free speech. That hate speech is a hate crime. And so characterizing the Irish as being stupid. Sure, I think this qualifies as a hate crime. Conservative digital strategist Greg Price, who shared the clip on Twitter, informed users of what was behind Biden's latest embellishment, tweeting, Joe Biden's father's name is actually Donald Jacobs, (laughs) adding that uh, Gia Copa is apparently the Italianized version of Joe Biden's maiden name, LOL. According to CNN report, First Lady Jill Biden, whose maiden name is Jacobs, does have Italian roots, though her great-grandfather was the last of her family to have the name Giacoppa prior to even coming to the United States. And so, of course, yeah, it, now that's more of the chalk it up to Joe Biden's old and, and senile. Now, here's one that I do have a problem with, and this goes back to the signing of the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. And one of the statements that he made was when a person could be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, this is still wrong. You know how I know that gay people don't get thrown out of restaurants on a regular basis in this country? Because it would be the lead story on every network over and over and over again. 
Now, we've reported on people that have been thrown out of restaurants lately, but they weren't gay. They were Christian or part of organizations that the left did not approve of. There was an incident down in Texas in which two employees at a restaurant got on social media, bragged about the fact that they refused service to individuals that were part of the Sons of the Confederacy or some sort of historical society. Bragged about it. Last week, there was a restaurant that kicked out a Christian organization because they were pro-life, among other things. And we're proud of the fact that they did it. Ironically, they claim they did it because they are an inclusive atmosphere, unless, of course, you're Christian, then apparently not. But nonetheless, so there have been some stories over the last several weeks in which there have been individuals that have been kicked out of restaurants. You know, which political party is constantly encouraging their followers to get in the faces of political opposition, to boot them. How many times over the last several years were individuals, whether they were elected officials or people wearing Trump hats, screamed at, yelled at, and driven from restaurants? I mean, that in no way, shape, or form is an uncommon event. Yet here you have the president of the United States claiming that gay people get kicked out of restaurants in this country. Can we get an example of this occurring? And I'm not talking about an instance in which somebody's drunk and rowdy, you know, at 3 a.m. at a Waffle House, and then they uh, you get kicked out, and they also happen to be gay, and then claim that that's why they were kicked out. I'm talking about, gen- oh, you're gay, get out of here. They, they're never forced to provide examples. I think that that is an incredible accusation to make. And have the media not follow up. Do you know what this tells all of us as well when it comes to the media? Is that they too know that there aren't examples for Biden to give. Because they would love that, wouldn't they? Would they not love to have those stories because it furthers the narrative that we're a horrible country filled with all sorts of homophobic individuals? There's nothing they would love more than to have those stories. And the fact that they don't ask, what incidents is he talking about? They know he's lying. They know that we don't live in a country where on any given day, a gay couple can get married and then get kicked out of a restaurant. Let's look at this in an additional way, shall we? Why is it that the president of the United States claim that that sort of thing is occurring? That people are being kicked out of restaurants for their beliefs and their lifestyles. It's because he's illustrating what it is that he claims is behavior that is unacceptable in this country. I mean, he said, this is still wrong. Well, as I noted, the last couple of weeks, we've talked about numerous instances in which people have been kicked out of restaurants for their lifestyles and their beliefs. Why are those instances not just as wrong? Where, where is the outrage 
from Joe Biden when Christians are kicked out of restaurants or pro-life individuals are kicked out of restaurants. Now, of course, you and I know the answer. The outrage isn't bigotry, lack of inclusion, creating a hostile environment for people of certain beliefs or lifestyles. That's not, the outrage isn't that. It is that you have people that they have categorized as their team. And so any instance that they can use to to instill fear into those individuals, they will do just that. But if you have a real-life situation in which people actually are kicked out of restaurants for their beliefs and lifestyles, like pro-life individuals or Christians, well, that's perfectly okay because, see, you are the semi-fascist. You are the ones that need to be driven from the public square. Your speech isn't free speech, it's hate speech. And what sort of message does this send to young people in the LGBT community? There are so many things about this constant approach by the left when dealing with the LGBT community that really irks me. And one of the big ones is unnecessarily and falsely creating a sense of everyday fear in a segment of our population. Because there's a very good chance, well, you know just by the sheer numbers of it, that there will be young people in particular that hear the president say that and think that it's true. There is never an instance, whether it is made up or an instance where you have, for example, a non-binary individual shoot up a gay club in which they falsely claim that it was targeted, that this is what it's like to live in America today. And if you are part of the LGBT community, that you should be under constant fear because MAGA-supporting Americans are looking to hunt you down and to murder you in your places of safety, just as they falsely claimed that the Pulse nightclub shooting was a targeted shooting for the LGBT community when it had nothing whatsoever to do with that. Is that really a display of compassion? That is a toxic relationship. When you have a relationship with somebody or with a group of people and they are constantly trying to tell you that people are out to get you, Constantly telling you that you need to be in fear, but for them saving you. Think of it in terms of a relationship between two individuals. And you have one that keeps the other one in constant fear, telling them that you can't trust anyone. Everyone is out to get you. I'm the only one that you can rely on. I'm the only one who really loves you for who you are. I'm the only one that you can find safety with. And without me there to protect you, you will most likely come into harm's way. Now, many of us, have some may have been in that sort of relationship. Many of us know others who have been in those relationships, and it's toxic. It is emotional abuse. Breaking a person down, believing that they need to fear everyone, essentially isolating them from society. 
and brainwashing them into believing that you are their only safe space, that you are their only haven, safe haven from the dangers of the world. That is an abusive relationship, and that is the relationship that the left has been crafting, sadly successfully for some time, with the LGBT community. Falsely making claims about how they need to be in constant fear. I I mean, it, it is a paralleled situation. And it is an absolutely toxic relationship. And it's sick that the media facilitate that toxic relationship with these different groups and organizations. And it's not just LBGT. Uh, We see it when it comes to uh, people of color as well. In which it matters no, uh, you know, it matters not how many times you have these stories that go viral of uh, some supposed targeted attack on somebody because they're a person of color and it turns out that that has nothing to do with it. But that doesn't stop them from trying to create this atmosphere of fear. And it's manipulation. As is the motivating factor for essentially every toxic relationship that exists. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, you know, getting a new roof is not considered a fun purchase, and it typically comes after you have a leak or you have hail damage or wind blows shingles all over your front yard. So if you are in that situation where you need a new roof, the Pyramid Roofing Company can help alleviate that stress that comes with buying a new roof. Now, Josh and the Pyramid Roofing team, they are very upfront and honest. They're not going to try and upsell you. They'll tell you exactly what you need to keep your largest investment as well as your family safe. Uh, And sometimes that means that maybe you don't need a whole new roof. Maybe you need just a roof repair. Either way, the Pyramid Roofing Team, they'll let you know, and they'll get you on their schedule quickly as soon as they possibly can. Now, you can give Josh and the Pyramid Roofing Company a call today, and you can find all of that contact information for Josh and the Pyramid Roofing Company at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. Thursday, the... Senate passed the National Defense Authorization Act, sending the bill to the White House. White House hints it may not sign the bill because of one provision that forbids the Department of Defense from requiring members of the armed forces to receive the COVID vaccine. And how it is that this is even at this point called a vaccine is beyond me. It does not vaccinate. There's no truth in advertising component to this. It essentially is a, a Theraflu style substance. Even those who promote it, those who demand it, when you get into the details of it, they are forced to acknowledge well, yes, it may not prevent you from getting COVID, it may not prevent you from passing COVID along. In fact, it will not. But what it does do is diminish the symptoms for a lot of people. That's what Theraflu does for the flu. That's what all over the count, that's what Pepto-Bismol does for diarrhea. 
it, it doesn't prevent you from getting the bug. It doesn't prevent you from passing it along, but it makes the symptoms less severe. The COVID vaccine is as much of a vaccine as Pepto-Bismol is, as Theraflu is. The absurdity of still demanding that people be forced. It's no different than forcing people to take Pepto-Bismol. And so I, I suspect that it will get signed. But here's the part of it that is just further insanity. Senator Johnson, Wisconsin, offered an amendment co-sponsored by Ted Cruz that would reinstate those discharged because of their failure to get the COVID shot and require payment of back pay. Given what we know now, this seems like a no-brainer. The amendment went down in defeat 40 to 54. Yes, that's right. Those numbers, 54, which means you had some Republicans siding with the left-wing totalitarians on refusing to allow reinstatement and back pay for those who were booted out of the military for refusing to take what is falsely referred to as a vaccine. Bill Cassidy, Louisiana, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, and Mike Rounds of South Dakota, two of those names you're very familiar with, two probably not so much. Of course, we're familiar with the, the, the Susan Collins and Mitt Romney, who has proven to be one of the most influential left-wing politicians in the Senate. Uh, Bill Cassidy said this, according to the Daily Signal, quote, These were direct orders from commanding officers. I voted to end the COVID vaccine mandate in the military, but it is not Congress's place to intervene in the chain of command and set a precedent for military personnel to ignore direct orders. But here's the thing. Many of these individuals were falsely told that they had a chance at exemption. I mean, we we saw that everywhere, not just the military, but with hospitals and a number of other uh, of of these institutions that were defying science and demanding these vaccines, falsely portraying it as a way to stop the spread of COVID. Telling people that they could apply for uh, a religious exemption or if there was some sort of other exemption, and it was all a lie. It was very, very clear that th- that there never really truly was the ability to get the exemption these individuals were told that they could apply for. Secondly, ultimately, who would be signing this legislation? Ultimately, who's at desk, whose signature would it need? It would be that of the commander-in-chief. Am I correct? So if we're talking about some sort of respect for the military and the need, and I understand this, I'm not disrespecting the mindset of, well, whether we like it or not, when you're in the military, you need to follow orders. 
If you are going to adopt that philosophy, however, then does not the commander-in-chief then ultimately have the final say? Supporting an amendment that would then go to the president's desk and require his signature, that would be perfectly in line, as, as best as I can tell, with the idea that, listen, these are decisions that the military makes, and so that's where it should stay. Well, the commander-in-chief is the commander-in-chief. And I would argue that, that ultimately... The commander-in-chief would have the final say on such matters. At a time when recruitment is at record lows, at a time when we are facing military threats from countries like China and Russia, at a time when the military is, is in desperate need of new recruits, uh, that alone, you would think that you could at least utilize what we now know about the so-called vaccine as opposed to what we knew then to say, oh, you know what, we've learned new information and now that we know that it doesn't actually stop the spread of COVID and prevent you from getting it, uh, those individuals, yeah, it was a mistake, it was based off the information we had at the time, but because we're intelligent human beings and now we realize that that's not the case, we are going to reinstate these individuals, but nope. Let's continue to make more decisions that weaken our military instead of strengthen it. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Emily Johnson House Theory Realty. Is this a good time to try and sell your home? I mean, should you not wait till spring? Well, Emily Johnson House Theory Realty, she's the person to ask these questions. A lot of the conventional wisdoms of the past are are thrown out the window over the last several years, and maybe for you that is the best. I, I don't know. That's why you need to reach out to her. That's what Diana did, noting that Emily is just the best. We worked with her to sell our home and to buy a new one. Emily helped make it such an easy process, both cases guiding us through the right direction, advocated for us repeatedly, even took the pressure off of us by offering to contact people for us and make arrangements as needed for repairs. We recommend her to anyone looking for a new agent. That's Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. She will be joining us on Friday uh, out at Scramblers for the Friday Roadshow if you want to chat with her or have any questions for her. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty.